Good Arab Shabbos. I thought that I was going to want to look with you more deeply at how Moshe Rabbeinu responded to the people's complaints this week. They complained against Moshe, and Moshe said to them, It's not really me that you're upset at. You're not complaining to me. You're really complaining about Hashem. And I thought that was interesting, as so many of us mothers tend to absorb our children's complaints and problems, and we adopt them as our own personal troubles, even when they're clearly not. Moshe did not take the complaints personally. He recognized it wasn't about him at all. So at first, I really thought that's what I wanted to focus on. But as today went on, I started gearing up for my daughter's bas mitzvah, which we are celebrating with family on Shabbos and her friends on Motzei Shabbos. And I realized I did not want to be in a headspace of thinking about complaints right now. So that's all you're going to hear from me about that part of the Parsha. And if you want to think about it further, enjoy. I still do think it's interesting. But with the bas mitzvah in mind, I realized I wanted to take another look again at Miriam and the woman of this Parsha. Because even though we've discussed it in previous years, I just don't think I can hear it enough. And I think it's very apropos for a bas mitzvah. In Parshas B'Shalach, we have the famous splitting of the sea followed by the song of the Jewish people and a special song of the woman led by Miriam. What was special about the woman's song? Well, the woman didn't only sing, they had musical instruments with them, which they played as they sang. The Jews had been in Mitzrayim for over 200 years. They were settled. Surely they had tremendous amounts of belongings, furniture, heirlooms, then, all of a sudden, they had to leave Mitzrayim immediately. So quickly, their dough couldn't even rise. Yet somehow, in those few moments, right as they were leaving, woman after woman after woman packed musical instruments to bring along with them. It's incredible. Why did they pack these instruments? Rashi tells us the women were so sure Hashem would perform miracles for them, for which they would want to sing thanks. So they prepared accordingly for that future time. The woman, led by Miriam, had such faith in a glorious future that they packed these instruments as they were leaving Mitzrayim. This is far from the only instance, though, where we see Miriam embodying Amuna, faith. As a young child, you know the story, Miriam saw adults mired in despair and refusing to bring more children into their world of pain. But she insisted there had to be a future. She's the one who convinced her parents to remarry and continue building the nation, with her nevuah, that there would be a salvation. She was the one who had vision and faith in a beautiful future, even when she was a child. When Moshe was born, the whole house filled with light and everyone knew that this baby was special. Yet when it came time for him to be put in the river, only one person stayed behind to watch and see what would become of him. Only one person was so sure there was going to be a future for this child that she stayed to watch it unfold. That was Miriam, the one who excelled at seeing a beautiful future, even in the darkest moments. The women, led by Miriam, singing Shira with their drums and flutes, were exemplifying Amuna. They were so sure of those future miracles, they even had their instruments ready. This quality of having Amuna and looking optimistically forward was not unique to women of that generation or to Miriam. It's a feminine quality of all times. Giving birth and building a family is an expression of Amuna. We don't know as a child is born what the future will be. We don't know how we will be able to care for him. We don't know how his life will unfold. We go ahead and have babies anyway. It's Amuna. Even the word for raising children in Hebrew, Omein, has the root of Amuna, 
Raising children is an act of faith, and raising children requires faith. This is the legacy we inherit, and this is the one we need as we raise our children. It can be easy to get stuck in today's present reality with our children and feel frustrated at whatever difficult stage we are currently in middle of. In truth, though, we need to look into the future with Amuna. We need to have the optimistic vision to see our children in a beautiful future, confident that Hashem will be with them, guiding them through every stage and giving them exactly what they need. Amuna is our heritage. All of Klal Yisrael reached the highest heights of Amuna in Parshas B'Shalach, but the women are singled out here because Amuna is our quality. This too, of course, is at the root of Tubishvat, which we're going to celebrate on Monday. Tubishvat occurs in the middle of winter instead of springtime, which would be so much more appropriate for a new year for trees. Spring is, after all, when trees come to life after the winter. But that's not when Tubishvat falls. It's still cold. The trees are still bare. Deep inside, the sap is beginning to rise. But Tubishvat requires Emuna to believe the sap is rising. It's invisible. We just have faith. Spring is coming. The tree will grow. We don't see it now, but we have faith it will happen. Ve'emuna balelos. Emuna is displayed at nighttime, times of darkness. Even when things are bleak, even in the midst of servitude in Egypt, Emuna is not focusing on today's dark situation, but instead envisioning with, envisioning with faith. <laughs> Sorry. A beautiful future. Have a wonderful Shabbos.